Hey everybody, it's Rubio Garcia, aka Miss G, here to bring you the brand new Teacher Life podcast, giving you your daily updates of the Derek Chauvin trial, but not anymore because we have a guilty on all counts. I apologize again. We were out there in the streets all day today because we got earlier this morning and this afternoon that the jury was going to be coming back with a verdict. So I got down there on the streets. We were there out there in front of the Hennepin County Courthouse, which has been occupied by National Guard and uh, uh, Minneapolis Police Department. But I was live on my Facebook until it broke down and then we uh, couldn't go live on Instagram. And then I went back live on Facebook and then we started marching. And then I had to cut it out for my, uh, my, my talk tonight, I promise. Sierra Knight from 2420, my sister in social justice. We've been all over the country and taken to the streets. And we've talked several times, as you know, on this podcast, searching for justice. So now here we are. Derek Chauvin has been charged and found guilty on all three counts. The second degree murder charge, the third degree murder charge, and the second degree manslaughter charge. It was the cuffs for me. Do you understand? It was the time when he had his hands behind his back and escorted out in handcuffs. So to all of those who had continued to support this journey, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Not that the job is over, not that the work is done, but that this is the first time you are a part of making history. You just witnessed history because this is the first time in this state that a man, a police officer, a white police officer has been charged in the killing of a black man. Like I said, it's not over. We still have to go through sentencing. The second degree carries 40 years. The the third degree carries 25. The manslaughter carries 10. But ultimately, this runs down whether or not they're going to do aggregated or whether or not they're going to do concurrent. It runs down to what ultimately the judge is going to decide. But then we also have the three other officers, Officer King, Officer Lane, and Officer Tao, who are now going to be set up for aiding and abetting these charges. Now that we have a verdict on Derek Chauvin, now we know what ultimately these other three officers are going to be charged with. One officer in particular, and this was a a note that I made um, earlier on, the the officer Lane is being represented by an attorney, Earl Gray. Earl Gray represents Officer Lane, but he he also represented the police officer who got off Philando Castile. And this officer is now also the attorney for one officer, Kim Potter, who just killed Dante Wright, not but 10 miles from where Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd. Again, to all of those who support and have supported, y'all are dope. You're about to hear the the live interview with me and Sierra Knight uh, coming up next. To all of those who sat there and hated or to all of those who kept on saying and and saying all this all lives matter and are jumping out in the comments because your passive racism is no longer uh, available here because you see justice and what justice is. I like to say to y'all, I know it sucks. I know it tastes like as in the words of my sister, see Miss Sierra Knight, I know it tastes like piss and vinegar but fucking choke on it. Do you hear me? I love y'all. I'm about to get back out here in these streets. I'm going to go back down to 38th in Chicago. If you're out here, I'll be out here all weekend long. I'm going to go pay my respects to George Floyd and go to 38th in Chicago over by the Cub Foods. 
I love y'all. Enjoy the interview. Be safe out here in these streets and I'll give you updates, updates as needed. Thank you again. Make sure you're following on Instagram or Twitter at Nola Rubia Garcia. Follow on Facebook at Rubia Garcia or Rubia Garcia 2, which is my fan page. If you would like to support, guys, you can buy merch on RubiaGarcia.com. Um, stars on Facebook. I- I'm done with taking anything else. I'm good. I'm good with just, I don't even need none of that. <laughs> thank y'all. Just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the show. So good evening. I'm about to jump on live with uh, Miss Sierra Knight for 24 with 2420. I've just gotten in from the streets. So let me jump in and we're about to see how this goes. Here we are. She's probably sitting there waiting for me to jump on. I can see the look on her face. I can see the look on her face. I was trying not to pay attention to... um. <laughs> he was like, I was just ready for him to drag his ass the fuck out of. Out of <laughs> She's like, I want him. <laughs> Sis. Yo, I want them to chuck the shit out of his ass today. I was like, I don't care what they do to him. Snatch his ass up and yank him the fuck up out of there. He don't show no emotion. Snatch his ass. Yank his ass for once in life. He was sitting there like, I was like, slap the shit out of him because he thought he was going to get away with that shit. You know what was my favorite part, though? He thought he was going to get the fuck away with that shit. You know what was my favorite part, though? What? It was the handcuffs for me. (laughs) (laughs) It was the handcuffs for me, sis. How about that? How about that? And how about that? I was like, yo, this made my whole life. I don't even care what happened after this shit. Hey, you hear me? You hear me? Not because the war is over. You know what I mean? Not because it's over, but because it's working. Right? Yo, because, you know, the thing about having this particular specific conversation with you is there's nobody else on earth. Not nobody, but you know what I'm saying. There's nobody else on earth that understands... You know, the crying, the fucking cussing, the Tourette syndrome, like the way we be wilding. Like, you the know. screaming, the losing the voice, the cough drops, the feet, the blisters, the cuts, the bruises, the scars I got on my stomach from the police, not from nobody else. Meanwhile, people saying, you stupid. What's wrong with you? What's your problem? I got people sending letters to my house. They're going to kill my fucking child. Yeah, I got those too. Like, I got those two. To get this little bit of reprieve or breath, like everything that you're doing, everything you risking, relationship, marriages, all that shit, everything you risking, it's worth it. It's worth it, mom. It's worth it because your child will live to see another day. Somebody else's child will live to see another day. Like, I literally lost my shit today. I literally, like, was screaming to the top of my lungs. I was on some, you know, I be talking about people when they do that shit. I was on some. (gasps) They had a sis pass out right next to me. We was in the huddle, and I had seen them earlier, like, when some of the speakers was going, but I was live at the time, but Facebook was acting funny. Like, all the lies, if you were trying to stream from Hennepin County, like, you got flagged and stuff like that. 
said they blocking shit today. Yeah, it was bad. It was really, really bad. But I was live and sis passed out right next to me. Like I, I was like, listen, just lean on me. Lean on me. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. We just going to ride through this together. You know what I mean? Because it was... Like I was saying before, it was so, it was very emotional. It was heavy, but it was still very anxious, hopeful. That was the way Mark put it. Like it was very anxious, hopeful because while everybody is celebrating in this very moment, they're still taking to the streets and protesting because we all realize that it's not done. Only thing we did today was make history by, by actually getting the first police officer held accountable for killing a black man in Minnesota. Period. Point blank. End of story. History. To go just to get somebody convicted. Like we had to, like we had to see it on TV for ten minutes for yep. us to be like, oh, okay, well he did ass wrong. I want to know how that feels. Like all, all the trolls, I was wondering where they are in my live, and then they just. All their all their passive aggressive racism just went out the window and they were full on all lives matter in the comments section because they finally came out because you want to know why? Because justice tastes like vinegar right now to them right now. It just it, it, because they can no longer sit back in the comfort Wait. of the, of any kind of justification because you were wrong. Period. You were wrong this entire time. Grandmother used to say, not just vinegar, piss and vinegar. Piss and vinegar. Piss and vinegar. Oh, the saltiness and bitterness of it all. I'm not even surprised. I'm not even surprised. Be mad, though. Be mad in the comments. Be mad. You way more open than me and be on some you talk to everybody. I'll be blocking bitches and like I'm private. I don't fuck with y'all like that. Well, look, we've come up with a, I should have something trade. Let me tell you one of the ideas of my followers the other day. Shout out to Ignatia. Because Ignacia in my comments the other day, she said, you know what you should do? You should trademark a juice and call it Karen juice. Because I was making fun of reference to how do you keep on going? The truth is, I fuel on the, the, the those white tears. Those white tears of my own fellow white brothers and sisters, honest to God, who would rather sit in the comfort of their privilege so much only because they can. And they sell their soul for that uniform, never realizing that I'm out here taking to the streets for people of color, for black lives, and for any kind of oppression. And in the name of justice, which means people like you who don't even realize you are your own worst enemy. So ultimately, we're here for the ultimate oppression because that's what they try to divide us. They tried to sit here and separate us based on based on the color of their skin in order to uphold that ideal supremacy. So I fuel on the white tears. I hydrate very well on the white tears. I've 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 learned to live off of them at this point in time. And not because I I I, I choose to, but because honest to God, sis, there's a certain bit, there's just a certain bit of satisfaction that's that finally a jury made up of even even demographically, that that area, Hennepin, this area, Hennepin County is more than 70 percent white. But the jury was half people of color and half white. And I even told you going through it, there were some of these. I was like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Some they might be some Karens that done slipped in because there was like five white women. You feel me? I was a little bit nervous, too. But I couldn't get to last night. Because we spoke earlier, but I couldn't get you last night. I was talking to Mark, and I was on some Mark. Yo, I'm about to just fucking get drunk. <laughs> it is a wrap. Like, it's a wrap. But what did I tell you? There's no way. In order to get that not guilty, you would have to get all 12 
of those people to go for a not guilty. So not guilty was off the table in my mind. The only thing that the defense could hold on to was trying to go for that hung jury. But I just didn't see it. I felt like that's a possibility because I saw a couple of people based off their descriptions, they don't fucking hold out. They don't hold that shit out to the end. Now, when they said earlier today, the family got an alert that they needed to come back. They don't ever tell them what's going on. Mm -hmm. I was like, I started messaging people like, oh fuck, we about to get a fucking verdict. I messaged y'all ass. I was like, we about to get a fucking verdict. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, we got the notification I here, knew, maybe around like I three. Knew, yeah. I knew if it was a verdict coming back, that that was a good sign. Because most of the time, that's a whole no, that's a defense issue. When you get a verdict back that quickly, that mm -hmm. goes for the defense. And that's a good thing. But I knew in this case, because of all of the evidence, because of all of the information, if people came back this quickly, they meant they were unison in the fact that he was guilty. I'm gonna tell you like this. I think it would. It, this I think they were done last night. I'm gonna be real with you. But when we start getting into the nitty gritty, I think they were done last night. I think the foreman, like I said to you, they made them run through the evidence and say, okay, we they walk in saying, okay, y'all, because that's what most poor people, poor persons do. They say, what is every, the minute you walk in there? They said, let's all vote. So we see where we are. Let's see what's going on. Then it's they just procedural. They must have all voted guilty when they walked in there. And they said, let's go through all the charges. We're going to run through. Because I said to I bet you they slept on it. They stayed last night until about 9 o'clock, which is odd. I was like, first of all, they didn't eat until 3. They stayed super, super, super fucking late before they had lunch. So they opted after they came back from lunch to stay until 9 o'clock last mm -hmm. night. They ran through all the charges last night. So when they came back today, as a matter of formality, they ran through the charges again and said, this is that charge. This is how we're going to go to that count. This is that charge. This is how we're going to go to that count. So they already knew last night, like you said, how they were voting, and today was all formality. Yep. So we're going to send it to the judge by 1 or 2 o'clock. This is our verdict. I ain't never been so happy to say I was right. I ain't never been so happy. But I, there was just no way I saw a not guilty. So that was off the table. I ain't never been so happy to say I was fucking wrong. I ain't never been so fucking happy to say I was wrong. Because I was like... But I could afford the privilege, like I told you. I could afford to sit back in the privilege and say that this is how the justice system is going to work. This, I could, as a white woman growing up, I can, I can see how, how this is the way it's supposed to be. But I, honest to God... I wouldn't have been shocked. You want to know what's even more scary? There are people legit out here disappointed, and it says a fuck of a lot. Consider this. Consider you're somebody who wants justice for George Floyd, but is actually a little bit disappointed by today. Do you think that there's people out here that are actually disappointed by the results of today? I've seen some people who are were a little bit kind of disappointed. I'm like, why wouldn't you? Absolutely. I know, I know people personally who felt like, this cop was mistreated because he was in a certain set of circumstances that he couldn't avoid. And he was just trying to do the right thing. And this person was acting out because they were hot. Mm. And I was like, I or not, why do you need to have your knee on somebody's motherfucking neck for 10 minutes right. to prove his damn point? You could have snatched his ass up at any given time. They told us, turn him on his side. Right. Turn him on his side. Let him breathe. You specifically said, nah, nah, 
And your callous ass motherfucking shit. You was like, nah, he alright. When when George Floyd screamed out to him, I can't breathe. He said, for real? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How you talking then if you can't breathe? And then Tal there with his, don't do drugs, kids. Well, don't drop the soap, bitch. Because it's about to be a long fucking fall for you, young man, when you go to court in the fall, in August. It's going to be a long fall for you, young man. The thing about him that, you know, I have to say, he took till the end, even into today. His smug, unconcerned, just like, you know, for me, as somebody who studied Black history, studied uh, Ku Klux Klan, studied racism, just that sort of sense of pure authoritarian aggression, that's what I saw on his face today. He was still, in the moment that he got charged, he was still looking at them like, y'all, so that's what y'all doing to me? He probably feels like, (laughs) here's the thing. This is what we already know. He knows that he's guilty. He knows that he fucked up. At this point, this is how we know. The fact that he was trying to plead already. He was trying to plead out the third degree murder already. He was trying to plead guilty and take his L and avoid all of this. But attorney Bill Barr. Now you got all three. Boop. Now you got all motherfucking three. Boop. Boop. All three. All three. But the only one that I was caught up on was the second degree murder charge. The only one that I felt like if there was somebody in the jury that was having their doubts, because that one's with the highest bar and that that you have to prove that he did assault. But again, that's why I kept telling you, you have all these use of force people. You have his, you have the chief on down to the sergeant, even to the fire chief, to the 911 dispatcher watching. You you can't see here. You can't at this point in time. Yes, you're allowed to use force. And that's the tricky part. Yes, you're allowed to use force. But this is why we had all of those experts that came to testify to sit here and talk about what the use of force was. And that's why, just like I told you and I've been saying on the damn podcast from Wednesday, from day three of arguments, when I saw all the body cameras from the moment of 826 when you knew he no longer had a pulse, that's the only thing that I wish that the, the prosecution and you had me stressing yesterday, because I was like, oh, Jesus, she does have a point. I really I really wish that Schleicher would have really drilled in the 826 would have been reasonable at 826 as an officer when you realize there's no longer a pulse and he's not breathing and he was just fighting you. Right. What is reasonable at that point in time? And at that point, you stayed on him for another two minutes and 44 seconds. But we go through everything. And the defense was, all Nelson did was, again, throw everything at the wall, all the way down to the carbon monoxide poisoning, which I got, remember, I got to see Dr. Tobin come back, my damn hero. He came through with the, the carboxyhemoglobin and taught the teacher something. I was like, who knew that carboxyhemoglobin kicks off the oxygen? And he had 98. He found a way around that mistrial. The defense tried to call for that mistrial, but he sneakily found his way around it. And he was like, Dr. Tobin, I don't need the blood gas reading, right? I don't need the blood gas reading. I could do it from the arterial draw and tells you how much oxygen was in his blood. Because if he has 98% oxygen in his blood, that means at most that carboxyhemoglobin stuff is only 2%. So that goes out the picture. Facts. 
It's the facts for me, sis. That's why I wasn't worried going into this. And I knew because you got chemists, you got people in the medical field on the jury. You've got that, that you, you've got all these people who some of these people support Blue Lives Matter. Right. But they also are for accountability at the same point in time. And you just can't tell me that 12 yeah. reasonable people, which I believe these people were, were going to look at that nine minutes and 29 seconds and not see what the hell it was. No matter what well, Nelson tried to throw. Well, it, it, was, it was two things. Like I said to you yesterday, the fact that, you know, when he threw in, the defense threw in that conversation about that EMT or whoever that was who came behind him and was like, oh, and startled him. It was a lot of little elements that I was like, yo, as a defense attorney, he fucking throwing the kitchen sink out here. Everything. And, and, everything and, but and the knee. That was his defense. Everything but the knee. Anything and everything but the knee. Some of the things he said will make you go. I mean, but listen, we had a jury who was like, nah, you can keep that shit. Nah, we're not trying to hear that. Right. Because um, if it was any other group of people, they could have reasonably been like, well, hmm, I told you, we had the outcome. Well, because the problem with the whole case, like I said to you, was the fact that they weren't able to, it was undetermined about causation. At the end of the day, if we're going to be honest, 100% honest in this conversation, the cause of death, based on medical examination, not what everybody saw, whatever, I'm talking about medical examination, the cause of death was undetermined by the, med by the coroner, by the medical examiner at the end of this case, the person who first saw George Floyd's body and declared him dead, he said the cause of death was undetermined. And he listed some shit that was real damn sketchy. Drugs, heart disease, asphyxiation. He mm -hmm. listed it as the first thing because the cop had his knee on You're his talking head. about George <laughs> Floyd, the, about the defense expert, Fowler? I'm, I'm talking about the prosecutor. I'm talking about Baker. Well, no, Baker ruled it a homicide. He ruled it homicide yeah. due to... But he said it was undetermined. His, his whole summation of his specifics was undetermined. Hmm. That was the problem when we went back. He said, cause of death, undetermined. But, but, he put a but. He said, asphyxiation due to the force of the officers was the leading predictor. And that was the why, that was why we wanted his ass to get off of the stand to start with. Because this shit was etch-a-sketch. Uh, I, I looked at the, the medical exam report and uh, the cause of death that he ultimately listed was homicide and that it was due to the police restraint. That's what he ruled. Now, the defense expert Fowler that came in, that medical examiner, the defense dude came back and said that he was wrong, that Baker was wrong and that it should have been undetermined because there's all of these factors, the carbon monoxide, the drugs, right. the heart disease, the, all of these things. Right. The defense, the the uh, sorry, the defense person, the prosecution person was saying the 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 person that is worked for the state mm -hmm. was kind of like, eh, eh, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, they rocked with our medical experts in terms of the prosecution. Tubin, I think, was the person who won this. Okay, so you got to get your charger. So, 
I knew that um, I'm I'm sharing this uh, because I'm not doing a podcast for tonight because I'm about to, as soon as I finish this, I'm about to go back out in the street and get some more scars. This was from the other night. I got this on my eyebrow. Stuff just be exploding. Stuff just be exploding. No, I'm going to go to George Floyd Square. I'm going to go down to 38th in Chicago down by the Cup Foods and pay my respects out there. Uh, we spent... Come this weekend? Huh? Should I come this weekend? I think so. I mean, you don't have to go out to Brooklyn Center. That's where that's where the heat's at. But I mean, to pay, I think that everybody at this point in time is going to really come down and really pay their respects this weekend because this is it. This is what all that stuff was for. Like, I'll tell you this, they're trying to take George Floyd Square down. The community's trying to raise awareness because once the trial's over, they're trying to go in and take down the fist and take down all the decorations and open back open 38th and Chicago back up. So I definitely want to get down there and spread that message because that's something that's at this point in time, that's the that's community. Like you can't tell me that 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 block, that that intersection ain't community property, period, point blank in the story. But I think it's going to say a lot that they're going to try to move in and try to take all that stuff down, which is ultimately what they're going to try to do at the end of the trial. So Definitely come down this weekend. Yeah, I saw, I saw Linda Sasser, uh visit the area that they built the fresh vegetable garden mm-hmm. for him. Uh, and I guess they're going to, they want to dismantle it. Yes. Um, so they were trying to raise money yesterday to keep that garden intact. Yep. Um, listen, it's going on. I mean, I've been talking because there's a group of people that want to see if they can do something for the young girls, both the cousin and the, the both of the cousins, mm-hmm. you know, to start some it's a room always to do things. It's always necessary things to be done on the ground. Um, so you can kind of go anywhere with that. Yeah, I think I'm like I said, I'm going to go out there to 38th in Chicago and check it out. And like I said, pay my respects, uh, burn some sage. Um, I got plenty of locks uh, that I got and air fresheners and things like that that people have been sending my way. So lay all that stuff out and call it a day. Um, it's locks for lives. Basically, I thought about starting a, a, a whole group for it because cops just come in like they did yesterday. I went out there and spent all day chalking the ground and putting up air fresheners and signs and everything. And they came through and cut the locks off again and it's never ending it's never ending like you don't have more important stuff to do like that training y'all keep talking about (laughs) you ain't got more important stuff to do than cut come around here cutting locks i'm gonna say it to you i'll say it again they do what they do and we do yeah you're right about that because here i am i was walking around with damn my backpack that whole march i had nothing but locks and air fresheners in my backpack Are you going to cut them off? Bet. I'll be back here tomorrow. <laughs> it, you know, it, it was like when we were talking, the importance of what I feel like is happening on the ground is organizers are connecting with each other. Right. And they're giving each other information. Like this whole time during the week, I couldn't be there, but I was constantly sending you messages about. Touche. I had a little Yeah. And you were right about that. Thank God. If I wouldn't have passed out in this bed, listen, sis. Listen, to see this bed right here, when I I got off that live, I was so damn tired after like day five or day six. 
I literally did not take my clothes off because I'm like, I'm going to lay down for an hour. I'd left my clothes on with my boots still on my feet hanging off the bed. I said, I'm going to lay down for an hour, a whole hour. And when I woke up, it was 3 a.m. I had to go to Mercado Medio to find out what the hell happened. And that was the night after I had done the whole perimeter and, and, and showed and was like, man, this, this feels like a setup to me. And then the and next I, night I fell asleep. It was a setup. It was a setup. They arrested like 130 something that, that in that one night, including, including media and we're targeting media. Stay online. I told you a little birdie told me mm -hmm. they're trying to trap y'all. So you might want to then I went out there the next night. Did I tell you? Uh, I don't know if you saw the video, and I don't know if I even told you. I was there the next night, at the, the night after they kettled everybody. And this was the night Maxine Waters came out, and it was chill. They did, I didn't see a flashbang, not a tear gas. I'm talking. To, I'm not talking. I'm actually putting something in my bag. I had just finished the live. I'm putting something in my bag. There's a, a, a black chick and then it looks like an Asian dude standing next to her. This white boy walks up with a beard, blonde hair, beard, whatever. <laughs> like six something walks up and he's showing them something on his phone. Matter of fact, I got my phone right here and I could I could prove it to you because he walks up and I was and he was telling them, hey, the church isn't safe because the safe the, the church had been used like a sanctuary, like First Unitarian had been used when, when we were in Louisville, right? It wasn't like that. This was a trap for the cops. The cops was in that church. So, the, but here's the thing. I don't know because the church was closed. They had people that were outside the church that night because I parked close. So when he's telling them something about the church and that the church isn't safe, I'm, I'm ear hustling like a motherfucker because I'm parked over that way. So I'm like, I ask, I ask him and he's like, yeah, this is the place that you need to go. And these are the numbers. And it says something like a supply line. So I look at the phone and I look at it and I get down to the bottom and he's like, so this is the place to go. And when I look at it, girl, it said Earl Brown Center. And, and yo, the thing. Earl Brown Center. I had just told you the night before, show me the map. Remember when we were talking, I was like, show me that map again? Yeah. I'm like, nah. It's a fucking setup. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, Earl Brown. Now imagine this. I'm, it's me, a black chick, Asian chick, and then this tall ass white dude right here that's showing me this on his phone. And I'm like, Earl Brown, like the KKK member Earl Brown. And he's like, uh, uh, well, I just checked with my people and, you know, my people said it's good. Bitch, I don't even know you. And you sitting here trying to tell me like the KKK, you want all these people who are here protesting black lives to go to the fucking center named after the dude, the KKK member who founded Brooklyn Center, who was the sheriff of fucking Brooklyn Center and founded the police department that ultimately would pull over fucking Dante Wright for an air freshener. You want everybody here to go over there. It was suspect as fuck. I was like, nah, I think I'm good. But then when I went over there, I decided in all my infinite wisdom, I'm going to go check the fucking scene to go check it out for myself. Then when I drove over there, tell me why the, the, the two nights before, tell me why, wait, tell me why from two nights before when I was like, I drove around and I said, I saw, I saw all the cars parked the, full of riot gear, the buses full of riot gear, but they weren't moving. And I was leaving when I was on the highway, I looked and I could see a parking lot where it was a staging area. I remember telling you that there was a staging area because you were right there. It was far off and it was a parking lot. You could see it from the highway. It had a high rise building with red letters at the top. You could see it. Tell me that was 
Tell me why when I leave to go check this this place, the Earl Brown Center that old boy was at the protest telling protesters to go to. Tell me why it was the staging area. It was the staging area that I had seen from the night before, seen from the highway with all the National Guard, police and everything. I'm like, so are you are you 12? I thought it was the police trying to set people up. But then I was like, that could have been some clan members because he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to the sister. Right. He walked up to the sister and was telling her that. And I was like, the church might not have been safe, but at the end of the day, it was safer than going southwest towards the center named after the KKK member, because that shit was suspect as hell. But everything, all I know. So, so let me just say something, because I see all y'all talking about the 15 year old girl. I got a, I got a message about an hour ago, 45 minutes ago about the girl. I know, but this is the thing, because me and you talked about this the other night when it came to Adam, when it came to Dante. It's real important. In this fight formation before you run with things. Right. Very important. Some things are, are, are unjustified, and we know that. We know that. But some of the facts, you need to just, just fall back for a second. I don't know anything about this case yet. I know she's a 15 year old girl, but I don't know anything else. I got a, I got a call from people I know in law enforcement about some details. When I get the information, we're right. gonna share it. I don't know what happened yet. And sometimes you guys gotta just chill. Like I saw messages about Potter being on bump. Just chill guys. I think <laughs> that also sis, I think that everybody believes that because of the work that we do, that we know everything. Like we're the go-to for everybody. So they expect us to know everything. When in reality, look at me, you would think that I would know. I know absolutely nothing about that because you want to know why? Because I've been out here in these streets. So I, 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 I damn sure don't know anything. It took me a, a couple hours to find out about Adam Toledo. But at the end of the day, there's it, somebody just said it's on Sean King's page. Okay. Well, I know Sean King's not here in Minneapolis. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not refuting anything you're saying, Latoya. Absolutely share. You can inform. But all I'm saying is there's something precious about informing. You want to give accurate information, too. And it's really, really important when you're getting people in a movement to, to activate that you're giving them correct information. You know, we're... That, I, it's the facts. The facts get I'm this done. Her, but I can't speak for her, but I'm going to speak for her because she's my sister. We don't hate cops. We don't hate nobody. Honestly, we don't hate white people. We don't. Black people have AIDS. We love all people. We're not here to say if, if policing was going well and if we could find a better way to police, we're all for that. That's not what this conversation is about. This conversation is about killing innocent people for no reason. That's what we're here to look at. All the other stuff, we got to see how it falls out. Like, I don't, I, I told her when I heard about Adam, I called her first. And I was like, yo, what's going on with this little boy? I saw a gun flying and da, 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 da. And she told me what she saw. And so we got to wait until we hear evidence. You you can't just run out here and be like, oh, they did something. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. So I'm saying for myself, when we come into these situations, a 15-year-old should not be dead. She shouldn't. No. But I don't know what happened. That's my initial reaction. That's so, the only reaction I have so far is that 13-year-old Adam Toledo and 15-year-old, sadly, 
I don't want to say another motherfucking name because that's also a part that doesn't get factored into this. And I'm as a white woman, I'm saying this. While I'm here, Chicago, somebody got killed tonight. Tennessee, somebody was murdered. Like, I get messages all the time. But that doesn't mean that we're going to run into a situation where the cause of death, like, just everybody, I know, I get it. But we have, to, we have to wait and see what's going on. Everything is not, cops can be fucked up, but human beings can be fucked up too. So... We need to see what, as soon as I know something about more about this 15 year old girl and what happened. Right. I'll, I'll definitely talk to Rubia. Where is this? Where did this take place? Uh, I believe she's in Ohio. That's the same place as Tamir Rice. Yeah. I, uh, the message I got was she was in Ohio. So I don't know. Like, I, I've got several texts since I've been talking between you. And then when I was talking to, Lynn and Mark, I got the first one that a girl was dying. But I get messages all the time. All the time. I get messages from cops who don't like what other cops are doing. Right. I get all kinds of messages. So we don't know what happened. It's real premature. I don't want to lie. I, would, I personally would never lie to y'all. So let me figure out what's going on. And if I think the shit fucked up, I'm going to be the first person to say Yo, I don't. This is my first time ever hearing about that. But at the end of the day, I guess my focus has really been here in Minneapolis. But at the same time, there is this duality of it, because while we were just marching for George Floyd, we were still there were signs of Breonna Taylor. There was Philando Castile. There's all of these things. And we're still the trial isn't over yet in the sense of we still got to get sentencing. This fool is still going to try to file for an appeal, which which we already saw him trying to go for a shoot for the Hail Mary again yesterday for uh for the uh the mistrial yet again so this is not over at the uh, by far this is not over but we're and still expect him to protect himself right this whole process and there's still three other officers like you still three other officers yeah yeah we so, still got the you know, and this, the this is just the beginning that I'm sure you personally felt was just to hear symbolically hear those words that takes us into, you know, in terms of energy. I know for me, that shit took me into next year sometime way up in the fucking the summertime, the energy to hear that people agreed with that. I see people saying her name and. Makaya Bryant. I don't know, Jay. I hear you, Jay, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, it, it, it's like, the, and I don't want to get into specifics because I don't know, I still don't know all the details. They're being really, really clouded. But like with Adam Toledo, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I'll be honest and transparent and I'll just speak for me. I never, I, I didn't watch the Adam Toledo video. I'm going to be honest and transparent because the last time that I watched a little boy that young be shot, I lost my sh And that's how I originally went viral because it was a young boy named Samir Rice, 12 years old, that that's when I finally, I like, I, I don't want to say no more names. And that's the point I was saying that as a white woman, I'm tired of saying these names. And I can't imagine. And I yeah, hear, I hear people of color. It's so bad because we're sitting there marching, and they're like, "Say their names. Which one? Seriously, 
Seriously. But see, the difference. That's so sad. Samir was a baby that was playing with a play gun. Right. Like you gotta know, you gotta know facts and details. And I'm not saying we shouldn't kick up shit and have a problem. I'm just saying when you do it, when you do it, when y'all do it, when you go back into your areas and you do it, just make sure all the boxes are checked. Yep. Because the minute that you don't do that, it becomes a futile cause. It's it's pointless and worthless if the person is doing something. If a person is wielding a knife at a cop or other people, a cop has to shoot at them. You know, I got a video the other day of a Hispanic guy who had a knife. He was irate. He didn't want to put the knife down. He waved the cop after he got away from the girl. He waved the, he waved the knife at the cop and the other people. They got to shoot him, y'all. They have to. I'll say and this. And and, and to, not, there's I'm not suggesting that that's better or right because I think that we need to look at police force. But what I am saying is, when you walk into a, a situation where there's imminent danger of yourself and other people, that's the first law of an officer is to protect the other people. And we're not gonna win a case like that. I don't even know if you are you talking about the one in Burnsville. Yeah. Okay. I, I, again, I was out there buying locks and air fresheners for for the square. So I didn't even head out that way. I'm going to be honest with you. But this is what I'll say. I'll say that because of my teaching career, you have trained teachers to be counselors, to be people who counsel against suicide prevention, you against bully prevention. You make teachers go through all kinds of training now on active shooter drills because you don't want to sit here and check the fucking mental health crisis that we have going on in America. So at the end of the day, this is what we're this is this is what we're dealing with. You know what I mean? And I feel like if, if police, if you become a police officer again, this is like me and I say it all the time. It's like me becoming a teacher and I hate fucking children. Do you think that remember how you were in school? Did you want to be there? Didn't matter how dope your teacher was. Did you want to fucking be there? Of course not. But at the end of the day, you still got to deal with some of the most difficult students. And that doesn't even count the fact that as teachers, you have to deal with all different kind of individual education plans, all different kinds of standards. You're dealing with different subjects or different, all these different personalities in a classroom on a daily basis. But at the end of the day, policing in its essence, it was built on this vibe of violence. It was built and structured from all of this. So when it comes down to it, are there times when cops are justifiable in using force? Absolutely. If there is someone literally having a, a knife to my child or, or to anybody's child for that matter, then absolutely under the under these circumstances, protect the sanctity of life. Right. But at the end of the right. day, these police officers are also responding every single instance on 10. You feel me? There is they're going in on 10 and then talking about de-escalating. They don't ever get there and escalate, right? It, it just feels like they're always on fucking 10. And for me, whenever you're dealing with the most difficult people in society, if your ultimate reaction, like in the Philando Castile case, whenever he tells you ahead of time, right? Or in all of these cases where their hands are up or whatever the case may be, it, it should, this should send a clear message. This trial should, should put all police on notice. That that stuff, it's gonna take a whole a whole lot, but at the end of the day, know that it's coming. Know that at some point that it can be held. You can be held accountable when you're jumping off like at ten like that. But I I don't feel like a lot of these cases. Right. I don't feel like like people want to go around. 
People who are in their right mind want to go around and hurt other people. And how is it that you can sit here and take Kyle Rittenhouse down and this dude had a gun strapped to his body and had just shot three people and killed two of them, right? So you can't tell, or the guy who did the, 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 the shooting in, that, in Atlanta or the guy who did the shooting in Colorado or guy who did Dylan Roof or the guy who shot up Walmart, whatever the case, I'm not even sure which ones actually killed themselves because I haven't invested that much time to actually care because fuck them. But at the end of the day, what does it say? You know what I mean? It, you can't sit here and justify. It doesn't make sense in that regard. But I will say that these police should be trained. These, there should be community inside of these policing systems and community oversight for these policing systems. But then these officers should also just be fucking trained. And also, when it comes down to mental health crises, they should not be called but for backup because the average person does not walk around with guns and knives and things like that. So they're selective whenever they want to sit here and approach people of, uh, in, in regards to their to their force. But obviously you have the capability. It's within your capability. It's just a matter of choice. You just choose not to or when and where not to. But ultimately, I think that a lot of these instances, the traffic stops, that shit can stop in 2021. We can stop that right here and now because that way it's being used and has been used as a way for ticketing and to make money and all these other things. But look at how many interactions end in un unneeded escalation and death. It's it's just it's crazy. Are asking us about bail. So let me just let me just say something, guys. We're past the bail stage with Derek Chauvin. He was yeah. out on bail. He's now been convicted of a crime. He's been convicted with three charges. He goes to jail, does not pass go, does not co collect $200. He was, he was remanded this afternoon. And so he's in jail tonight. And there's no such thing as a bail anymore because he's actually been convicted. Now we're just waiting on sentencing. So we're we're past bail and whether we wait. Bail only happens when we're waiting to go to court. Right. He, so he went to court and he's been charged. He's been convicted. So... For all the questions and conversations, that's he's in jail. He's in jail tonight, you guys. And he's in jail until he's sentenced. And he don't know how long he's going to be in jail. But we're past that. The next step for Chauvin is to appeal what happened today. Right. And he is going to appeal what happened today. So, um, you know, he, he doesn't get a bail anymore. That's not a conversation any longer. Um you know, what comes up now is going to be the sentencing and whether or not, and I heard Mark and maybe you could repeat what Mark said so that, uh, cause I'm, I'm going to share this on my, my podcast tonight, uh, to kind of update everybody. So I know that the, the, what the charges broke down to, but I heard Mark talking about the aggravated sentence. So I'll let you talk about that, but just for everybody's purposes, the second degree would have carried the 40 years. The third degree would have carried 25 and then the manslaughter would have carried 10. But again, I heard you talking with Mark earlier, so. Yeah, what he was saying, he was going to break down the consecutive and concurrent, like mm -hmm. he said they were. So when the lawyers come back on, I'm going to let them do their thing and like break it, break it, break it down for people. But I saw a bunch of comments in there about like, oh, is he going to get out on bail, bail revoke? We're past We're past the bail stage, but ultimately... <laughs> It depends on whether or not the, you have the, the, he wants to judge, the judge is going to be the deciding factor from my understanding. And it comes down to what the, ju the judge decides as far as his sentencing. 
But ultimately, being that he's a first-time offender and all these different factors, he might be out literally or up for parole and in like 12 to 15 years, honestly. So that's that's my understanding uh, of, of even the people that I talked to this afternoon is that he'll be up for parole anywhere from 12 to 15 years. I keep requesting it live. If you request it one more time, I'm going to block your ass. Stop <laughs> requesting because I'm bringing you on a live. Cut it out. Act right. So I'm going to go ahead and cut this. Sis. I'm going to cut the podcast. Um, we can finish talking, but I'm going to cut the podcast for, to, for tonight, and I'm going to put this up here on my podcast. I'm glad that I recorded this conversation.